Welcome to Harvest Time. My name is Chris Harper, and our host on this program is Pastor Gary Walton, the pastor of Harvest Baptist Church. We often spend these 25 minutes together telling you the stories of our church by interviewing our members and other friends of the ministry. You can attend Harvest Baptist Church this weekend. We have two services, the first at 9 a.m., the second at 11 a.m. You can attend either of those. The usual COVID-19 protocols will be in place, and you'll also be able to watch via live stream uh, at our 9 a.m. service. Uh, just go to hbcguam.org for more information, hbcguam.org. This week, Jesus Changes Everything, Part 6, from Matthew 5, 27 to 30. Let's begin Harvest Time today by welcoming Pastor Gary Walton. Hi, Pastor. Hey, hop a day, Chris. I actually want to tell our audience about two things that are coming up. The first is a new class or a seminar that's beginning on Wednesday nights that we're calling Living in Freedom. If you're listening and you've been struggling with some habits in your life, maybe some addictions, it could be alcohol or drugs, but it could be other kinds of things like maybe really struggling with your anger or overeating or nicotine or pornography, even something like sugar or caffeine, just something that you feel like you've been trying to overcome that's a weight on your life. This class is really designed to talk about what the Bible has to say about hope for overcoming life's challenges and life's difficulties. And so it's a 12-week class. It's going to begin a week from this Wednesday. And there's a, some information and a sign-up list online. So if you go to our website, if you're interested in finding out more about it, or if you'd like to talk to somebody, have some questions, you can get online and uh, sign up or ask somebody to call you about that. So that's Living in Freedom beginning here in about 10 days. And then the second thing, of course, is our services this Sunday. We are continuing in our series on Sermon on the Mount, Jesus Changes Everything. The section that we're coming to this week is Jesus teaching on purity and temptation. And this is really important teaching on what we call radical amputation. These are the verses where Jesus talks about, you know, this idea that if your if your eye offends you to pluck it out, and if your hand offends you to cut it off. And we read those things and we think, wow, that's kind of radical teaching, and it really is. We want to talk on Sunday about why Jesus says those words so forcefully, and it's just very, very important, in fact, super critical for our thinking as Christians about how we can break habits that maybe have been controlling us and keeping us in bondage for a long time. So that's this Sunday morning. You can come at 9 or 11, or you can catch the live stream that begins at nine o'clock for that service. Well, I'm really happy to have with us Ben and Wajong Olson. And Ben and Wajong have been around Harvest for a while, but I think this is the first time we've asked you guys to come and join us on Harvest Time. So welcome, first of all. Thank, Thank you. you. Glad to have you both. I'm really interested in, in hearing a little bit about your background and your testimony and, and hearing about how God brought you to Harvest. Maybe I could just start with how long you've been at Harvest. Ben, I know you and and Wajang were just talking about this, but how long have you been here? Well, I've been here for uh, a few years, since uh, about 2017. My wife has been here longer. Okay. Wajang, you said you've been here a couple, a couple times. You and Ben came back in 2017, but you were here earlier than that? Yeah, my first time I came here in 97. Okay. 
for three years. And then I left to go work for accounting firm on island for six years. And then I came back again in 2006, worked for another three years. And then I left and then I got married and had a <laughs> family and then came back in 2017. So this is my third year. Okay, going on four years. Okay, your third time through. Yeah, going on your fourth year here. Okay, well, let me back up a little bit on that. I'm really interested in that whole story. Why don't you tell us about your background, Ben? We can start with you. Your background, sort of your spiritual story. Well, I think my spiritual story started when I was pretty young. I remember my parents. Uh, I remember sitting, you know, sitting in bedrooms with my parents, having discussions, spiritual discussions, answering questions hearing Bible stories and kind of growing up. My parents are Christians, so I grew up with the Bible teachings in the home. Mm-hmm. Where did you grow up? What? Um, well, my parents were uh, missionary Bible translators, so I've, I've moved around a lot. Okay. But I, I like to call the, uh, as far as uh, mainland U.S., the upper Midwest, I, th- I think, is what I call my home. Okay, upper Midwest. But you were in some different countries then with your parents? Yeah, I was in Papua New Guinea for several years growing up. But as far as my spiritual journey, I remember probably one of the highlights uh, in second grade was when I first read through the Bible in its entirety. Mm. Because I had realized that, that this is God's Word, and I was very curious to, to just get to know what He says in His Word. So I just kept reading and reading and reading all the way through. Wow, that's pretty amazing. I don't know many stories. My parents had me, and I wanted to begin reading the Bible when I was young, but I don't, and I read through the Bible pretty early, but I don't think I was in second grade. That's pretty amazing. And I was just sort of on your own. You just were curious, wanted to know about the Bible. Yeah, well, my, my parents had given me a, a nice Bible as a gift, and sure. so, and it had pictures in it too, so that, you know, that, that helped too. Yeah. So, of course, reading the Bible doesn't make us a Christian. What, what, how did you become a Christian? I think it was when I was maybe a, a little younger than, uh, than that, that I, that I first understood what it means to 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 be a, a follower of Christ and to 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 be accepted, uh, you know, by by faith alone and and some of those things, you know, I've developed understanding. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. But I would say maybe at a pretty early age, I think it was maybe about five. Okay. Well, Jean, what about you? You didn't grow up in Upper Midwest. No, and neither <laughs> a Christian home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I share my salvation testimony in church couple months ago, a couple, three months ago. Yeah. But I came to first hear the gospel in junior year of my high school. Okay. And for the whole year of my junior, I kept contemplating about, you know, the salvation message that, you know, salvation is a free gift. You cannot work for it by going to church or by giving, doing good works, by being good. And so you know, kept thinking about it. That's my junior year in high school is when I first started going to a Christian school. Okay, so that's kind of how you first heard. And mm-hmm. you, your Korean background, did you grow up in Korea? Yeah, I grew up in Korea until ninth grade okay. is when I, when my family and I, we moved to Saipan. And we lived there, I lived there about five years. And during that time, I started going to a Christian school. I went to public school for the first two years of living in Saipan and then transferred or I I really wanted to start going to this private school which was a Christian school and so that's where I first heard the gospel and didn't really understand it and 
so then I kept you know asking questions but I don't think I fully understood the whole the meaning but at the end of that first year I said to myself I I just want to follow God wherever he is mm-hmm. I I don't know what all this means but I I just want to follow God wow and then I gave my life so what about your parents were you, were your parents Christians or what and what did they think about that my Parents, uh, my mom was a uh, Buddhist. Okay. <laughs> when we when we were living in Korea, she she was kind of a devout Buddhist. But when we moved to Saipan, then we all started going to church, because that's what you know immigrants do. At least in our community back in Saipan, is you know that's how you get to meet people, you sure. know, network and stuff like that. So we just all started going to church, not because we were you know, hungering for spiritual right. things. Let me back up for a minute. Where in Korea did you live? Seoul. Seoul, yeah. okay. And then what brought you to Saipan? Does your dad have a job or? Yeah, just different family situations. Okay, okay. And then you started going to church when you're in Saipan just because that's what mm-hmm. people did. Yeah. Okay, interesting. But even at the church that we were all going to as a family, I didn't really hear the gospel. Mm-hmm. But it's only after I started going to the Christian school, which used Abeka curriculum. Mm. <laughs> Not saying, you know, that's sure. the one. but So that's the first time I, I really, like, saw all the, you know, textbooks um, talking about the Bible, talking about Jesus, you know, everything like that. Because previous to that, I always went to public school, and we the textbooks never talk about you know, creation or about Jesus or about God. And so it it was really strange. (laughs) And so it really, like, opened my eyes, like, wow, I didn't know that math has something to do with God and, you know, literature, you know, has something to do with God, you know. Because in all the textbooks, they always bring in Mm -hmm. how, you know, God is the God of order and that's why math is so much structure and things like that. And I remember reading in the literature textbook, The Paradise Lost. Yeah. And in there, you know, it talked about, you know, salvation being a gift. And so it really made me think that whole year was a lot of thinking. I'm just trying to track along this. It's really interesting. So, you know, during that year, of course, it was the Holy Spirit working in and convicting you. For a lot of people, there's some other sort of influences that help them. Sometimes it's some friends that are Christians, and that sort of draws them. Sometimes it's influential mentors that they look up to and really respect their opinion. And sometimes it's just the interest of, you know, sort of the academic uh, idea of the, of the Bible. Mm-hmm. How about for you? I think it was more the academic Yeah. A lot of it was kind of knowledge-based. So, of course, the idea of, you know, if I were to die, where would I spend eternity, that sort of thing. And I I said, oh, I don't want to go to hell. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And so that motivated me too as well. But I think in the end, I think it was like, like I said earlier, I I really want to be where God is mm-hmm. and I remember clearly thinking, if God, you are in heaven, I want to be there. I want to go there. If you are in hell, I want to go there. Mm. You know, not realizing, sure, but like that's how much I I wanted to follow. 
a longing for for God, relationship with God. Yeah, that's really great. Let me fast forward a little bit in both your stories. I think you both had some schooling. Maybe you can tell us about that. But you met, not here, right? You you met somewhere else. Ben, you want to tell us about that? Okay. Well, kind of back on my timeline of things. I was in Minnesota. I was a school bus driver. I had an accident. I was let go. And looking for work led me to Korea. And so in, I think it was May of 2010, I moved to Korea and... At that time, I was also wanting to find, you know, my soulmate, mm. and things weren't working out. And uh, I remember saying a prayer after I got to Korea, kind of thinking I'm just really out of my element. And uh, had you been over? I mean, you'd been in PNG. You grew up there, or had a few years there. You hadn't been in Seoul before, or in Korea before. Well, I think God had prepared me for that moment because just being overseas, being outside of the U.S. mainland, and seeing God work through you know, multiple things growing up, seeing things happen, I think also prepared me for what was to come at, at that point mm. where I went to Korea. Yeah. So then we um, we met pretty much as, as soon as I got there. I, I remember saying that prayer and then, you know, God, if you have someone for me, then that's great, but I give up now. Yeah, I, wow. I've tried to kind of, this is what I want. I wanted to settle in the U.S. I wanted to find someone uh, you know, get married, start a family. And by this time, I kind of had it all mapped out mm-hmm. my way. And so that was a, a good process for me to kind of give up and say, okay, God, I think I can trust you at least a little better now with, with things. And so I, I, I think that he's, well, of course, now we're, we're, we're married. Right. And I think God wanted me to do that. Yeah. To, maybe he was waiting for me to do that. Isn't that amazing sometimes when you know, when we finally say, okay, I'm done trying to figure this out on my own, mm-hmm. God says, well, I've been waiting for that all along. Here, I'm going to show you the next steps, which connected, of course, with you, Wajang. Mm-hmm. So you had gone back to Korea. You'd been here for a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in 2009, after my second term here at Harvest, <laughs> yeah. having worked about three years the second time around, I was like, I'm really tired. I just want to travel. I had always wanted to like learn languages, foreign language, and I wanted to be in the country and you know be fully immersed. So I first went to Japan, and then I went to China to study Chinese. First Japanese in Japan, and then mm. I went to China to learn Chinese. And when I was there in China, I was in the city where my missionary friend had gone to and started a a uh, English kindergarten and after school learning uh, English learning you know center while I was there my missionary friend who had been in Korea for 15 years and also started a English kindergarten and English you know after school and also he also started uh, international school there in a little city in Korea he asked me oh could you go and help out for just two months okay just for two months June <laughs> and July just two months while they get more teachers. So I said, okay, I'll go and help. So when I got to Korea, that's where Ben was. Okay. That school that Ben just randomly applied to, because Ben wasn't really looking for a Christian school to work at. He just applied to any job listing, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the first one he saw or whatever. And that school happened to be the school that my missionary friend Just happened started. to be. Yes, yeah. I think I've seen that in the Bible somewhere. Yeah, and then uh, <laughs> I got there in June. He had gotten there beginning of May, and then I got there beginning of June, so just a month 
after he got there. And so we just, we both didn't know anybody in the city. My, my mom and brother and sister live in Korea, but they live like three hours away from this little town. Okay. So I didn't know anybody really. And so we just, it was just like two of us just put there. Hmm. <laughs> Got it. That all planned out. That's... So I never went back to China. Oh, yeah. You were go- planning on originally two months and then go back to China. Right. Okay. Yeah, I had already paid for a whole year's tuition. Oh, wow. But then I just never went back. But we did end up going back there. After we got married and had Noah, we went back to China and worked at the school that mm. my missionary friend started. So he worked there for two years. Okay. okay. Teaching yeah. English. Yeah, I think maybe you told me that at some point, Ben. I'd forgotten about that part. You guys came back to Harvest in uh, 2017, mm-hmm. right? Ben, you're uh, working with our kind of the asset coordinator, uh, Wa Zhang's finance manager, both involved in church, and your son, who's actually sitting right here. Noah, how old's Noah now? Eight. Okay. And you guys are just an awesome part of a church family. We're We're so thankful for you. Let me ask you maybe just one question about being parents. What would be some of the biggest surprises in this stage that you're in as far as parenting? Uh, right now, the, the thing that I think of is how amazing it is to be able to see him grow. Yeah. Right now, I'm you know because of COVID, uh, as as a case with a lot of people, I, I think I'm spending a lot of time with Noah, and it's really rewarding mm. to to see how you know we re- read the Bible together, and some of the things that he says in response to that is uh, really encouraging. So. That has kind of come as a surprise to yeah. me to, to see how how he grows a little bit every day. Yeah, that's awesome. Wajong, anything to add to that? To me, parenting has revealed a lot about myself. Yeah, right. <laughs> that that yeah. has been kind of a surprise for me. And God continues to use a lot of things that happen on a day-to-day basis to teach me how I really need the Lord. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's not just you. I mean, I do think that's true for most parents. It um, hopefully we're in the process of teaching our children, but I know this: God is using our children <laughs> in the process of teaching me. You know, mm-hmm. teaching me as a as a dad, as as parent. So as long as we're listening, God's going to use that in our life. It reveals, I think that's what you said, reveals things that mm-hmm. that He's trying to get at and help us to grow in. Yeah, well, I really I'm thankful for just talking through your story it's encouraging to me of the way that god leads both Mm -hmm. very specifically and then generally you know throughout your lives everybody right now is in this season of covid and everything's a little bit different anything in particular would be your testimony right now of things that god's teaching you either particularly through the covid season or just generally at this this time of life i think the word that comes to mind is intentionality. Mm. When you are required to be somewhere at a certain time, see someone, talk to so-and-so at a certain, you know, we get in a, uh, maybe a rut of, uh, you know, this is the daily grind, this is what I do from day to day. But then having kind of uh, time where, you, you know, you, you don't have as much structure, right. you have to think about a lot of additional things, maybe. So that that has led to me thinking about maybe why be, being more purposeful with, with activities. Something in order to get some things done, there has to be more intention or diff, you know a different way of doing things causes you to be more intentional or, or think about 
uh, why you're doing things. Yeah, no, that's a great word. Intentionality of making sure I'm being very purposeful and not just letting life, you know, dictate me, help, helping me to stay on mission. So that's great. Mahjong, what about you? I was actually sharing with my husband because <laughs> I was thinking that you might ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> so I said, hmm, I'm sure Pastor Gary is going to ask, what has God been teaching you? So, <laughs> And this is something that even before, you know, I, we were approached about coming on the, you know, interview, mm-hmm. I've been thinking a lot about how God's been just showing me different things about sinful things that I've done that I am <laughs> particularly the last week's message that you you know preached about don't call your brother raka mm-hmm. and that that also includes like oh sh- you know like just be being like oh worthless not- yeah worthless nothing. you're yep. nothing to me and i was like oh, you know I-, I am that way <laughs> mm. i mean it's it's not funny but <laughs> i never thought that you know until that uh, message and and I said that that is wrong and that God takes that very seriously because He you know used the in the Bible the consequence of calling your brother Raka is like you bring on the what was the word judgment judgment yeah yeah mm-hmm. and so it's something that I really need to you know confess and ask for forgiveness and ask the Lord to help me in this area it's you know, how many years of being this way, so I really need the Lord to unlearn and undo that tendency, you know, right. the tendency that I have. And yeah, so. Well, I think that's the importance of that passage and that Jesus is trying to warn us. These are just the first steps, you know, when we're, when we don't think carefully through these ways of treating people Mm. you know they can lead us to other things that are even you know more significant so Mm. i'm thankful to be surrounded by people like ben and wajong that have a sensitivity to god and and his spirit and a burden for people and desire to raise their family in a way that honors god and and want to serve um so i see that in your guys lives and i'm thankful and uh, praise god for you thank you thank you And thank you for listening to Harvest Time. Just want to remind you, you can attend Harvest Baptist Church this weekend. We are having two services, one at 9 a.m. and one at 11 a.m. You can attend either. We do have COVID-19 protocols in place. Our live stream service will still go on. That'll be at 9 a.m. Find it on hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. This week, Jesus Changes Everything, Part 6. Matthew 5, 27 through 30. Thanks again for listening to Harvest Time.